Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. Man, amen. Hey, hug somebody. Tell somebody hello before you sit down. Tell them they look good. Tell them you're looking better and better. I think I see the glory on you. Hallelujah. 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 I think somebody needs to let the weather know that it's actually fall now. I looked at the temperature yesterday. It was like, I don't know, like 190. It was in... Literally, as the kids say today, literally 190 degrees. <clears throat> Hallelujah. How are you feeling this morning? Amen. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Starting a new message series today. Uh, title of my message series is uh, Against the Grain. Against the Grain. <clears throat> you know, in, in society today, there is a lot of pressure to go with the flow. And... Uh, Little do most people know, going with the flow, somebody's making money off people going with the flow, or somebody has an ulterior motive. Hardly ever uh, do they want you to go with the flow because they think it's best for you. I think it's best for them. And so uh, we're going to talk a couple ways as we uh, work our way um, through the book of Acts. If you remember when we got in this building, we started going through the book of Acts. We went through Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, and then we took a break and we talked about the gospel uh, for five weeks, and uh, now we're going to continue working our way through the book of Acts. We're going to start on uh, Acts chapter 3 today, but if you remember, in Acts chapter 2, of course, we had Pentecost, which was uh, the birthday of the church. Uh, Jesus had ascended. He told them to wait for the promise. Uh, the promise, of course, was the Holy Spirit being uh, sent and poured out on all flesh. Hallelujah. Who's thankful for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? I certainly am. Thankful that I'm not here alone. Amen. I don't have to figure this stuff out. I don't have to do it under my own power. I don't have to do it in my own wisdom. I actually have the Spirit of Christ in me. But today we're going to find ourselves uh, in Acts chapter 3. Uh, so at the end of Acts chapter 2, uh, they, had, um, had, uh, they were in a prayer meeting and the Spirit got poured out. It went public onto the streets. And so today we find ourselves in Acts chapter 3. And the title of my message today, if you're taking notes, is The Power of Us. The Power of Us. All right, you ready? We're going to start in verse 1, going to read through to verse 10. It says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple in the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. Alms, of course, were gifts for the poor. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. Verse 5, and he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I don't possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. 
Verse 9, and all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement as what had happened to him. Can you say amen to the reading of the word? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What we see here is uh, we learned about the gospel uh, in our last message series. And what you see now is when the disciples weren't sure what to do with the gospel, they weren't sure what to do with this outpouring of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit helped them go out into the streets with the baptism, with the miracle, with the with the infilling, as it were. But now we see the gospel going public. We see the gospel Going public, of course, the gospel is the good news of salvation, the good news of deliverance, the good news of healing, the good work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And as we noticed, uh, the the disciples, when the Spirit was poured out, it didn't stop. It wasn't a one-day event. It wasn't a one-time event. It wasn't just God saying, amen, that Jesus was his son. As we look at Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 43, we see everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And we also see that God always wanted us to live in community. So these miracles were happening. The people were in awe of what God was doing around them. And so here they were in this community, this spirit-filled community that was seeing miracles, that were seeing an outpouring, that were seeing, they, they, they just, they, just they, 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 they saw this. They, they felt something different. How could they not? They knew that God was in their midst, but, but, but they didn't know what to do with it. So they bound together in community. And uh, they continued to go to the temple to pray. But why? Well, let me tell you this. From the very beginning, God wanted us to live within a group of people where we feel valued and loved. God always wants us to live in a community where we feel valued and loved. We are, as a community, important. But individually, we're important. We're important to God and and we're important to the community. Look, this is from the beginning. This isn't a new thing. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper suitable for him. Psalm 68.6, my wife and I put this on our our wedding invitation. We we used a a different uh, version, but in the New American Standard Bible, it says, God makes a home for the lonely. In the New King James that you know, I kind of came up in, it says that uh, God puts the solitude in family. And that's what he does. He doesn't ever want anybody to be alone. There's no reason to live this life alone, on our own, trying to figure things out by ourselves. Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said this. This is right before he left. He said, he taught them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. So when nobody else is on your side, you got to know that even Jesus is on your side. We're, as believers in Christ, we're never absolutely alone. And so we see that Jesus moved in the midst of this community. He doesn't want us to be alone. And uh, that can be a little scary. Amen. If you, uh, in, in, our, in our culture today, our culture today says that you could be a self-made millionaire. Our culture today says that with you in social media, you can be popular, that you in a, in a phone can have community, that you, but this is not what the Bible teaches us. And it's not actually reality. Even we all know that virtual friends aren't real friends. Right? We know that virtual friends, that you have to watch what you post on social media because what got you popular is the only thing that will keep you popular. And if you go against that, you'll be unpopular. There's a power in having family. 
There's a power in having even natural dysfunction, dysfunctional family. There's very few families, now, and I know there are some that are so dysfunctional that will abandon one another. We know that cults encourage this kind of thing. But even in messed up families, they'll take you back in after you messed up. Why would they do that? Because God created us that way. There's something supernatural that God created us that reflects Him in His nature that says, you can't be alone. There has to be something greater drawing us to one another. Amen? And so the first thing I want to show you this morning as we, as we kind of go through this first half of the third, third chapter of the book of Acts is the power of connection. The power of connection. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Let's take a look. It says, <clears throat> excuse me. Now Peter and John were going up to the, to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. Peter and John went up together. Now Peter and John are an interesting pair. Of course, they were both disciples of Christ, but they knew each other way before that. If you study the scriptures, you'll see that Peter and John, uh, they, were, they were first partners in fishing uh, on the Sea of Galilee, right? And uh, they were what was called, they were both looking for what's called the consolation of Israel, right? They were looking for the appearance of the Messiah uh, together. And even though they weren't exactly the most righteous men in the world, all the Jews knew that the Messiah was coming and they were looking. And, and, and um, they together were uh, followers of John the Baptist, if you look. And they both had received the baptism of John. So they were actually trying Here's what's encouraging to me. They were not the most righteous people, but they were trying to follow God. Right? They were, they, and so when they saw this, they saw this move happening. They're like, I don't know what that is, but I want to be part of it. Maybe I'm not the most qualified, but I'm going to be part of it. So they both got baptized by John. Now, John and his brother Andrew were, were looking for the Messiah, and, and they both knew Peter, and they kind of, the Bible tells us, that they were both trying to tell Peter first that they had found the Messiah. And uh, if you look at it in John chapter 141, the language is funny. And they, they both, like, like his brother got to Peter first to let him know, hey, we found the Messiah. So their families were connected. And they became disciples. And it was Peter and John who were called to prepare the table for the Passover. John and Peter, uh, John brought Peter into the uh, palace of the high priest the night that Jesus was betrayed. And you know what that means? That means that John probably heard Peter deny Christ three times because they were both in there. But John didn't abandon Peter. We know that they know that um, John uh, and, and Peter, uh, Peter turned to John after the, uh, after the betrayal and he comforted him after his fall. And we know it's the two of them who ran to the tomb after the resurrection. So these guys had a special bond, John and Peter. They had a special bond and, and, and they, they wanted each other to be blessed. Do you remember um, after Jesus was resurrected? Now, no, you have to actually read the Bible a little bit to catch this. So after Jesus had become resurrected, uh, uh, he talked to Peter and Peter, um, he said to Peter, uh, hey, do you love me? And Peter's like, you, you, know, you know that I love you, right? And he says, you know, take care of my lambs, feed my lamb, take care of my people, right? And he's talking about us, right? Take care of my people. And, uh, and then he said, yeah. And then he starts prophesying. Jesus prophesied over Peter about what's coming ahead for him, right? I want you to see this. Peter had denied Jesus. Now, Peter gets a bad rap because he denied Jesus. At least he went and followed Jesus in the midst of his trial. 
Everyone else just abandoned him. At least Peter was there. Right? And so <clears throat> Peter was being restored by Jesus. And so Jesus says to him, what's going to happen as he begins to serve in Jesus' ministry on the earth? Now, Peter, of course, didn't have any idea what that would mean. But the first thing he says, after he gets prophesied over, he says to Jesus, what about John? Like, oh, I'm going to be in, oh, the ministry's not ending, I'm going to be in it? What about him? What about my friend John? That's a friend. Because if you remember, it was, the, it was the mom of John that was arguing, hey, can you let my sons be on your left and right when you come into your kingdom? So according to John's mom, it shouldn't have been Peter. But John was so close, they had such a, a great relationship. He said, hey, what about him? You know, come on, come on, give him. So this is this, this is this, this is this relationship that we see in the new covenant that God, it's not just me and Jesus. It's not just me and Jesus. It, it, it's, it's, it's community. So maybe at one time there was competition for who was going to be the chief and who wasn't, but, 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 but not now, right? And so <clears throat> we see them going into the temple, right? They're walking to the temple, and the lame man, you know, you see in the pictures that he's, <clears throat> that he's by the gate begging. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that he was being carried to the temple. So people were going there together. Peter and John were walking. They see the lame man is being carried because he can't walk. And so uh, the man decides, hey, you know, I'm going to beg. And so take a look at this. Acts chapter 3, verse 4. Peter said, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. I want you to see this. The blind man's there. I mean, excuse me, the lame man is there. Looks down at him. He didn't say, hey, look at me. He never said, look at me. He didn't say, look at me. Look at us. Look at, look at us. This, hear me, this is the power of us. This is the power. Come on, come on. If you want to clap, clap. Come on. This is the power of us. Come on, give it for Jesus. There's a, <clears throat> there's a point of maturity in the Christian walk when you realize who you are in Christ. There's, a, there's an amazing moment when you recognize that I'm a blood-bought child of God. There's an amazing moment to realize, wow, I, I, before Christ, my life... But now I'm actually, there's a value on, wow, that's amazing. But I, I, I contend that there is individual, there's a higher, there's a greater step to acknowledge that by yourself you can do nothing. It's great to know who you are in Christ, but it is more mature to know that in, in us there is greatness. Amen. It is a higher point of maturity that says that, you know, as, as, as amazing as I am as a child of God, I cannot go alone. I didn't get here alone. I can't get there alone. I'm standing upon the shoulders of greatness and I can't do it on my own. And I need people on my left. I need people on my right. I need to be connected to people to walk this thing out. Say amen. amen. There's a power in that. Amen. 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 Jesus knows this because he's God, right? And so when he sent them out, how did he send them out? As a mob and say, come back with your reports? No. He sent them out two by two. And here's what's really interesting. When he sent them out two by two, that means he paired people together to go. He paired people together and sent them to go. It wasn't optional. It wasn't, hey, everybody, go on out there. And No, he sent them out two by two. He put them together. Now, with, with, with John and Peter, he sent them both out with their brothers uh, in their two by two. <clears throat> Peter went with Andrew and, uh, and, and John went... Uh, with James, and 
I want to challenge you a little bit at this point in my message. And if, if you don't have a two by two, if the Lord were to send you out and you don't think there's anybody who would go with you, it's time to start praying. It's time to start praying. Time to start praying. It's, it's, it's time to just, you know, I, I can't be doing this on my own. I need to be joined to somebody. Now, that's countercultural because we want to do what we want to do. And when we're with somebody, we've got to ask somebody else. All you have to do is be single and go get a meal. Then get married and go get a meal. And see how complicated it is. What well, used to be a very simple endeavor. It used to be a very simple endeavor. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat now. And then it becomes the great mystery. How will we stay alive eating? <clears throat> but there's power in this. There, 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 there's power. There's power. And Jesus teaches us there, there's power when we come together. There, there, there's, there's power when we serve together. There's, there's power when we're joined to somebody <clears throat> and be bold enough to stay together. To be bold enough to stay together after there's disagreement. Pray into that. If you're taking notes, write this down. The power of community. Talked about the power of us, and we'll talk about the power of community. If you notice, they were going to the temple at the ninth hour, which was the, the hour of prayer. What's the significance of that? That's when the community came together. Right? Let's look at this. Acts 3, 2. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Now, it wasn't a pretty gate. That actually was the biblical name for the gate, the gate Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. So the community was coming together to pray. Of course, they prayed every day. We see in the scriptures morning, noon, and afternoon. Uh, They start their hour at 6 in the morning. So, you know, the ninth hour is not actually 9 a.m., right? The the ninth hour is actually 3 in the afternoon, right? And so... We're always called to worship together. We're always called to worship together. We're called to pray together. This isn't a new concept. It's how Jesus always wanted it to be. I'm thankful. Um, I'm thankful for technology. I absolutely am. I'm thankful that the gospel can go to places where there are no churches. Aren't all somebody needs the internet connection and they can be connected to a community of faith? Amen. Isn't that awesome? The terrible part of it is people think that they can have community without going to a community of faith. That's the deception of it. The deception is I can go to a new city and still be connected to a, a, a city, a church in Boca Raton. But if you're not here, I bless all of you who are watching online, but it's time to come to church. It's time to come to church. Amen? It's time to come to church. Look at this. Jesus always wanted us to be an us. He always wanted us to be an us. Remember when, he, um, when they asked him to teach them to pray? Right? And we call it the Lord's Prayer, but that's clearly not the Lord's Prayer. He didn't say, this is what I pray, so this is what you should be praying, right? <clears throat> His prayer, of course, is found in John, uh, starting about 17. But this is what we call the Lord's Prayer, and uh, it starts in Matthew chapter 6. Actually, let's, let's read it together, right? They asked Jesus, you know, what, what, how, how, teach us to pray. And, and Jesus said, pray this way. Let's read it together. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who who do our debtors, excuse me, and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Say amen. 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 You ever notice that there's no I in that entire prayer? Not once does he tell you to pray for what you need. As a matter of fact, before that, he says, don't go in there saying the same thing over and over again. Your Father in heaven already knows what you need. Pray this way. Pray for us. Connect yourself to something bigger than you, and you start seeing your prayers answered. Amen? Now, let me tell you something. People say, oh, Jesus said to pray this way. Well, why don't we pray this way? Why don't we say that prayer? I say it every day. I've gotten into the habit of saying this prayer every day because I figure if I haven't done anything right this week, I did that. Right? If I, don't, if I haven't done anything right today, I did that right. Right? He said pray this way. And so I, I say it. I say it every day. I got that right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. Right? Whew. But he never uses the word I. And, and this is the importance of being in a community. When someone is praying, give us this day our daily bread, you want to be part of the us. You want to be part of the us that someone is praying for. You don't want to do it on your own. You want to be on your own. You want to isolate yourself. You want to stop. You want to, you want to be joined to someone. <clears throat> and so we see this guy. He's going outside the temple to beg. And this is because when you would go to the temple, uh, you wanted to be faithful in your giving when you got there, right? And so these folks who, who needed financial help, they're like, well, we're going to help you be right with God by having someone you can give money to before you get in the temple. Does that make sense? They're like, you should have given alms before you got to the temple. And so now here I am to collect it for you, right? It was like really a service that they were, not really, but they, they needed money and they knew the people needed to give money. And so they were laying, they, they would lay them outside the temple. So <clears throat> Jesus was teaching, we join ourselves to others and God will bless us. You remember Cornelius, <clears throat> when they showed up at Cornelius' house, and the angel said to him, your prayers and your alms have come before the Lord. It was his giving to those in need. Community. <clears throat> so we have these people carrying a lame man to the temple. We have people <clears throat> coming to the temple to pray. We have people with the healing gift. We have people who don't have a healing gift but can carry somebody. Right? Maybe you don't have a gift of healing. Maybe you're not a gifted evangelist. Maybe, you're not a, maybe you just serve people. Maybe you're not the one who's going to lead someone to Christ. But you can bring someone to the community where they can find Jesus. You could carry somebody. You could physically carry somebody here. You could pick them up in your car and say, hey, you just need to come. Why? I just feel like you need to go. Get in my car, let's go. And you bring them to the place of salvation. Now in heaven, who gets credit? Well, primarily Jesus, but is it... Is it <clears throat> but Peter, Peter healed this man, right? But, but it wasn't Peter alone. It was Peter and John. And it wasn't Peter and John alone. It was the men who carried the lame man. But it wasn't just Peter... In John and the men who carried the layman, it was the community that made a place of prayer where they all could come together and these gifts could serve one another. It's a community, amen? 
This is, this is the gospel. It's community. It's not us on our own. It's not, I'll take care of this issue on my own. I'm scared to be known. I'll deal with my stuff. It's not that. That's not what community is. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 I'm trying to not go down bunny trails right now. <laughs> you know when you know somebody for a long time and then you find out a secret about them and it kind of disrupts you, you're like, thought I knew you. But then you find out they can hide parts of their life from you. And then what unfortunately is bred is suspicion. Like, what else are you hiding from me? Right? Like you would say, oh, they wouldn't hide it. No, that would, that would never happen. But now, but now I don't know how to trust you. Does this make sense? Because we're scared to be known. Because that's what society says. If I'm known, I'll be rejected. Right? And that's, that's fear. That's not being brave. Being brave says, I can be loved even if I'm known. Does, does this make sense? Yeah. This is the power of community. And so if you lead a ministry or you plan to lead a ministry, <clears throat> don't be suspicious, but be wary of those who want a secret life. Amen. The gospel causes you to be known. That's why when folks first get saved, you know when people first get saved and they start evangelizing? They tell everybody all the mess that was in their life to the point where it's uncomfortable to listen to it. You're like, I don't need to know about that, bro. I just, I need some eye bleach now because I can't get that out of my mind. Why? Because they, they've so met Christ that they know their identity so strongly in Christ. Not, there's no fear of being known. Because they know that they're loved and accepted in the midst of it, which is important why you need to share your testimony with people. So you don't start thinking you're better than you are. Third thing I want you to see is the power of the gospel in this story. The power of the gospel. <clears throat> the gospel could not be contained in that prayer room on the day of Pentecost. It couldn't be contained. And it couldn't be contained even after the outpouring. It can't be contained between you and God. Not, not, when you receive it, you have to share it. The gospel cannot be held in walls. The gospel compels us to go and to share what we have. The gospel compels us to share the relationship we have with Jesus. The gospel compels us to share our finances. The gospel compels us to share our lives with other people. If you feel that way, if you feel like God is calling me to do more, he probably is. If you get in your mind, man, God, I just really, man, I really want to have people over. That's, that's Jesus. That is the gospel having its work on the inside of you. If you see somebody hurting and you think, oh, I just need to share my story with them. And you're like, oh, I don't know if it's going to No, that is the gospel alive in you. I was in a, um, I, was, I went um, to the mall, or actually a, a shopping center last night. And, uh, <clears throat> and I didn't find what I was looking for. And I um, went to leave. And as I backed out, a guy on the other side backed out at the same time. And we just, we met supernaturally right there in the middle, right? <clears throat> and uh, I'm like, what the? Like, there was nobody back there. What the? And I <clears throat> opened up my door, and the window was down, and this lady says, what, are you crazy? I'm like, okay, gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I did this. I'm crazy. <laughs> absolutely. And so we park, and, uh, you know, um, she's telling me how it's my fault. I'm like, whatever. And so I'm, I was like, call the police, you know, call the police. Don't worry, they're on the way. And so she wasn't driving, her husband was, and so uh, waiting for that, and I can't find my uh, insurance papers, which, you know, I got an expired one. My wife took a picture and texted it to me. I was very happy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, honey. And um, 
Hallelujah. What's funny was the, 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 the deputy was like, who you're insurer? Uh, it's probably in the system. Don't worry. Now, if I didn't have it, I'd be in jail, right? Like, anyway, so I'm talking to this guy, and, I, you know, this took about, felt like 19 hours right in this parking lot. It's, I already told you it's 109 degrees outside. And um, <clears throat> so we're sitting there, we're talking, and this guy, he's from New York, and an older Jewish guy, really nice. At first, they weren't real nice, but his wife stayed in the car, so we had a good conversation. <clears throat> and so... <clears throat> So we're just having a conversation. We're just having a talk. We're just enjoying one another, just talking about our lives, talking about our lives. And like, I just got an accident with this guy. And, you know, he's an older Jewish guy, older, you know, like not young. And um, <clears throat> he retired about 30 years ago. And, um, and we're just talking about our lives. I just keep the Holy Spirit telling me, you know, tell him, tell him. And I'm like, I just want to get this over with and go home, right? And he's like, tell him. Tell him. And he's talking about the business he was in. And he's like, tell him. I was like, well, you know, I didn't grow up well and uh, had a great change in my life. He goes, oh, yeah, what caused the change in your life? I was like, <laughs> I said, well, Jesus came and he just really transformed my life. He came and just completely changed who I was and just told him the story of my life transformation. We're standing in the middle of this parking lot on Glades and 441, and this man's eyes are welled up in tears. I'm like, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, it, the gospel compels me to share. It compels me to share what I have with this man. Whose wife I'm not real fond of quite yet. She's probably a nice lady because he was nice. He was a nice guy. But the gospel compels us to go and share what we have. You might have the healing gift. But the gospel will compel you to heal. You might be the one with the hurting friend. The gospel compels you to invite them. Acts 3.6. Let's look at this. Peter said this. I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. What I do have, I give to you. Now, if you have silver and gold, give that. But what I do have, I give to you. And we all have the timeless power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the power of the gospel. What I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene walk. So this man woke up one day, a lame beggar. He ended the day walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Because somebody decided, I'm not going to keep this on the inside of me. I'm going to share what Christ has given me. This is the power of the gospel. This is what we're called to share with the world. Even when we feel alone, we aren't. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> I want to ensure you right now, you're part of a community. And when we, pray, you're, you're, when we pray, you're part of that prayer. And we pray on Friday nights. We ask for God's presence to come. We ask for His, His anointing to be in this house. We ask that He touches the people of this house. We, we pray. Tuesday morning, we pray. Sunday morning, right in that office, we pray. We pray. You're part of a people who are praying for you. 
And when you're joined to this people, you get what this people gets. Right now, Christ is moving on your behalf. You may not even know it right now. But since you have received His gospel, His gospel is moving in your life right now. It's moving on your behalf. This gospel is moving, and Jesus Christ is interceding for you at the right hand of the Father at this very moment. His life is being poured out. Even now, the Bible says, that they're ministering at the true altar. The altar that was on, on earth was just a, was a replica of the one in heaven. And Christ is still ministering it right now. Corey, come up. Let's stand. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So nobody move right now, if you would. <clears throat> I want to remind you, in two weeks, if you've never gotten water baptized, if you've never been water baptized, we're going to have a water baptism. And this is where you go public with your faith. Maybe you've just received him. <clears throat> Excuse me, let me rephrase that. Maybe you've received him privately here. And that's between you and Christ. Nobody knows if you've been born again or not. Nobody knows but Jesus. As a matter of fact, we won't know until the end of the age and the book of life is open and we see who's in it. No one can judge whether you're going up or going down. We don't know. Only you know. It's between you and God. But if you have received Christ as your Savior, the Bible does say you're to go public with your faith through water baptism. And so first, I want to challenge you to prepare for that in two weeks. Second thing I want to challenge you on is next week we're recording uh, a worship album. I want to challenge you to be to church on time because we're going to be recording it in service. So try to get here on time. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Come on. Come on. Amen. Come on. And here's the third thing I want to challenge you on. I want to challenge you to be brave. I want you to, I want you to, I want to challenge you to be brave and begin... I want to say this very delicately, but stop thinking you're so fragile that you're going to be destroyed if somebody sees you and doesn't approve of you. Because you won't. Jesus is with you. It is not going to destroy you. If you're hiding, it's time to come out of hiding. <clears throat> Your secret life, unfortunately, will be made public at some point. For your benefit not for your destruction. And so I want to challenge you today. I want you to pray and I want you to ask Christ, you know, bring somebody into my life that I could be fully open with and let me be brave in community. Let me be brave in community. Let me be brave in community. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Lord. We pray right now that you would move in power on our behalf. Lord, that you would uncover the things in our heart that make us go with the flow of being private but aren't according to your gospel. Lord, we want to live against the grain. We want to hold on to your timeless truths. Why don't you sing that, Corey? Let's sing this together. Faithful you are Faithful forever you will be Faithful you are And all your promises are yes and amen Faithful
this morning. We thank you so much that you're with us. Thank you that you love these people. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. If you need healing in your body for anything, we actually have people here who uh, brought healing today. Uh, if you need to give your life to Christ, you can do it right now between you and Jesus. You say, Jesus, I've done things that were wrong. I knew they were wrong and I did them anyways. I'm asking you to forgive me. Today I receive your son Jesus Christ as my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And give me power to be a witness. Help me to go public with my faith. If you pray that for the first time, I invite you to pray with one of these people up here. If you need breakthrough in any area of your life, it does not make any sense to go home with issues without receiving prayer. Amen? Amen. If you don't trust these people, find somebody near you and ask them to pray for you this morning. Amen? Give a hand clap to the Lord if you would, please. Amen. We love you, Jesus. God bless you. Have an amazing week. I'll see you next week.